0: And here we go, the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast. My name, of course, is Eddie Cohn, host, creator of The Spiritual Spiral. My cat, Leo, has just joined me in the studio, so hopefully he will stay quiet during this intro. I am thrilled you're here today. My podcast has led me down Many avenues. I've gotten to speak to some fantastic people, and I think today's episode is really important. I'm thrilled to welcome Alec Zek to the show. And hopefully you can find Alec on social media before he's taken off again, but you can find him right now on Twitter at Alec underscore Zek. He's on Instagram at not Alec Zek, because I guess he's been taken off Instagram a few times. His podcast is called The Way Forward. F-W-R-D. He's a former Army Captain, and he's also the Executive Director and Founder of Health Freedom for Humanity. And I know a lot of you out there may think that this potentially could be, you know, a controversial or a dangerous conversation. And, and you know full well that I'm not a physician, I'm not a doctor, but health has been A huge part of my life, of my focus, staying healthy, eating well, going to therapy, practicing, teaching yoga, meditating. A pretty quick intro here, but I I think a very important part of my life and my belief system is values and being able to remain in touch with that voice inside of your head. And I think technology has uprooted all of that. And I think the world that we live in right now with COVID, people not trusting one another, people just getting a vaccine without asking questions, people just staying home wearing a mask everywhere you go, I don't know if we are ever fully going to grasp the repercussions of living in this world that we live in right now. I don't believe what's going on right now could have ever happened if it weren't for cell phones, Instagram, and being addicted to technology like our culture is right now. So my focus is still on the impact of tech, but how could I not be intrigued by what COVID and our response to COVID has done to human nature? It's, it's mind-blowing to me. And I came across Alec through social media over the last probably six to nine months. It could have been through algorithms, people I follow, people he follows. But I became really intrigued by what Alec has to say. And I'm not here to tell you to live how I live. I've never forced my point of view down your throat. But I do believe the technology and Instagram and social media and now COVID and politicians and the media, it feels like they want people to think the exact same way. And what's so frightening to me is if you don't feel that way, then you're going to be ridiculed. You're going to be lambasted, shut down, quieted, called this, called that. And I think it's a really dangerous, what to me is dangerous in living in a world where you can't speak your mind without being called something really derogatory or negative, as long as you're being respectful. And I think Alec brings up a lot of interesting points that I think are worth listening to. And I'll just read a couple posts that he's posted recently that I resonate with. When you are disconnected from your true essence, when you identify as the body, The fear of death can be used to manipulate you in many ways, which ironically inhibits your ability to truly live. You have a body, but you are not the body. Your essence is infinite and eternal. And then he also writes, I am not into dismantling the system. I am into embodying the creator, seeing all as one, expressing myself authentically, and empowering others to authentically express themselves. You know, I'm just, I'm going to another post of his on Instagram. I think it's just, vi- this, this word conspiracy theorist is, is just thrown towards anybody who is questioning what's going on. And he has a post here, and then below it, you know, it, Instagram in red writes, missing context Independent fact-checkers say information in this post could mislead people. I want you to think about the thick irony here. Instagram is constantly leading people down nonsensical rabbit holes every day. The media clearly has an agenda to make millions of people think like a robot. And so Alec presents material here that could potentially help people think objectively or think for themselves, and Instagram calls it out as being misleading. That right there, folks, the hypocrisy is so thick, I, I almost feel sick to my stomach just thinking about it. And again, my podcast evolved out of my disdain and confusion towards what social media and Instagram is doing to the world. Thrilled Alec joined me. I think it's a very important conversation that is worth listening to, sharing, thinking about, not jumping to any conclusions, just absorb our conversation, listen to it, and think about it. You know, again, we live in this world where people are constantly consuming, constantly consuming, but are you really thinking objectively for yourself? So again... Can find Alec on Instagram at not notaleczek. Type in Alec Zek on in Google. Of course, you can find him on Twitter. I actually listened to a podcast, and I, you know, I wanted to be careful not to ask him the same questions, but I heard him on a podcast called COVID Coercion. It's called the Optimal Performance Podcast, episode episode two eighty nine. So check that out also if you want to listen to a little bit more about what Alec has to say about COVID. But We get into more about, well, we talk about COVID, of course, but just about our society, technology, how he's hopeful in this crazy world right now. So I think it's a great talk. As always, you can find me on Instagram at Eddie Cohn, the Spiritual Spiral Podcast, my website, IamEddieCohn.com. I've got a lot of new music coming out, so definitely follow me on Instagram. I have a new music video that's out on YouTube. The single drops on Spotify this Friday. Bandcamp Um, and that's it again thanks Alec for taking the time to speak to me and thanks to you for listening, supporting and being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast wow okay. We got like the the nicest uh, microphones in the whole podcast world.
1: This is my new setup as of yesterday. Like I just finished this up, so
0: yeah. So, where are you located? In in Los Angeles.
1: Oh, boy. How come everyone's in LA? Like everyone I know is in LA or San Diego or San yeah. Francisco.
0: You know, LA's LA's incredible and um you know, besides the, besides the housing costs, we went to Texas about six weeks ago just to check it out and went to Austin. And sure, you can get a house that's less expensive, but culturally, um, the topography of L.A. and California, you know, just being out west, I, I don't think you can match it. It's just such a, a beautiful place. I love the different types of people, the food, the culture.
1: Austin is all right. I haven't been there for like three years, so I can't really say what it's like now. I know that like it's become essentially little California though. (laughs) Because so many Californians are moving to Austin.
0: It seems to be.
1: Yeah. Um, I live in Kansas City though, and I love Kansas City. Yeah. So it's like perfect because, I mean, we live, I'm so my mom has 60 acres and we're currently living with her while we're building a house on her land and we're 25 minutes from downtown Kansas city with 60 acres of land. So, wow. Yeah. That's what's cool about Kansas city in places and uh, cities towards this side of the country. Cause like, we're not too far from like downtown Kansas city proper, but we have 60 acres in the middle of the woods. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: That's great. Nice. Yeah. How How old are you? 28. 28. You just you know what it is? You you look young, but you have a mind of a person that's um, lived a long life. Thank and, you.
1: I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, and I mean that in a complimentary way and and I you know, it's funny, you and I I get this sense agree on a lot of things. And I don't want to bore you because I get the sense you probably set a world record for podcasting over the last six months to a year. And I probably get the sense that you've probably spoken about a lot of the same things over and over again.
1: Well, you know what, though? The good thing is you are the first podcast that I will be recording since I've been out of the Army. Oh, and OK. Now being out of the Army, I can speak a lot more freely than I could before. Like I did tell Pete Evans, uh, he published our podcast episode that we reported nine months ago, nine months ago. Hmm. Um, and here he published it like um, three weeks ago on his, on his page. And I had to tell him to delete it just because I said the word government twice. And I was like, just like, I need to get out of the army and be yeah. clear. I don't want any holdups. I'm already getting hit pieces written about me in the guardian. Let's just like I, I need a smooth exit, so delete yeah. the podcast, Pete, <laughs> and he had to delete it for a little bit. So
0: yeah. this is this is sort of just to give you a little backstory. Um, I feel like I started a podcast a couple of years ago. I'm a musician, a singer, and I became really struck. Uh, and I'm a writer. I'm writing a book. I, I became. Okay, st- awesome. I, I've been struck by the impact of social media and technology. Okay, and. You know, on the one hand, I am presented with Alex Zek in my feed. And I resonate with some of the things, actually with a lot of the things that you say. But in order for people to think for themselves, expand beyond their sort of horizon in front of them, think critically, think objectively, possibly change their mind and ask questions and have these sort of thoughtful discussions... Um, I think those used to be had 20, 30 years ago around the dinner table, at the bars, uh, next door, neighbors' houses. And now you've got this insidious technological device, Netflix, uh, Hulu. People right now care more about how many followers they have and what selfie to take than what's going on to the world. Um, Yeah. And so how does one... I I, I know I sound a little glass half empty here, but it's like, as great as some of the things you're saying are, and I I like to think we need to create a world where people are thinking objectively and critically, I don't know if it's possible.
1: You know, it's, dang, this is a tough one. Um, You know, my mom and I were just talking about this earlier, actually. So I have a three and a half year old son. And My mom made a comment that I haven't heard anyone say in a long time and she said, I'm bored. And she started to scroll on her phone, not hitting on my mom. A lot of us do that when we're bored, right? Sure. And I stopped her uh, and I said, you need to be bored. And I've been thinking about this quite a bit lately. Some of the best things that I've said or things that I would think are the best things that really resonate with people and get people to think are things that I say when I'm doing an activity, that is mindless um, whether it be lifting weights or or doing a a repetitive action Um, and the reason I think being bored is so important in human life because bored implies that you are sitting doing nothing and what we need more of is sitting doing nothing and reflecting on things and less of picking up and scrolling picking up and doing something so tying it in I told her that like I kind of brought that up to her and I said, when do you come up with your best things to say to the world? And she was like, when I'm like working out and I was like, yeah, it's actually the same exact thing for me. And I think we're raising people in a generation where they're always distracted by impulse, 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 impulse over and over again, via technology, just a black box. I just call them the black boxes. The black boxes is everywhere. The one that I'm talking with you on now, which can be beneficial and hold a purpose. Right but we're raising a generation of people that are addicted to the black boxes that are giving them input so their mind isn't isn't coming up with it themselves they're receiving and they're not really giving they're not really providing they're not going within themselves to actually come up with a uh i guess a creative uh idea or come up with a solution for something. They're always outsourcing to other people. And that's the whole point of what a lot of this, um, these things that are happening in the world right now, they want us glued to their phones. And it's such a shitty paradigm prior to COVID we have set up ourselves, all of us. Like I had a pardon, every single one of us did for society, excuse me, to be this way, right? So, because we have set ourselves up to be addicted to technology and receiving input all the time, and really, unless you have been shaken to the core um, via an experience, the the chances that you're going to critically think about a lot of things are very, very, very slim, um, especially with regards to what's going on with COVID. And it is it is our fault that we have set up our society this way collectively, and that's what's so like the the weird paradox is like we want people or like my message is to get people to sit and be and turn within. And in order for them to receive my messages and the messages of so many other people, they're using these black boxes. yeah (laughs) You know, it's such a, it's it's a position that we've gotten ourselves into, but here we are right now. And it's, it's like, if we're going to have this technology, I want to use it for good and I want to use it to make people at least start looking into, oh, what does he mean by critically think? What does he mean think for myself? At least like come up with these questions and start questioning things. And then maybe, hopefully, uh, they will naturally start to understand that these black boxes are mind poison.
0: You brought up an interesting point about, and I'm I'm sort of paraphrasing now because I kind of forgot, but it's it's like you have to actually go through an experience to sort of understand what it means to think for yourself. And I think the world that we live in, um, we sort of revere Hollywood actors. We We revere athletes. And we certainly revere the medical community. So I was going back to thinking about when I was 12 and I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, and this was quite a while ago. And this is when, this is before Humira, before Enbrel. And, you know, they just pumped me with 50, 60 milligrams of steroids. And mm-hmm. cause I was getting pericarditis. And the only way that would go away is if you're taking a bunch of steroids. Um, and I immediately within like two days felt better.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But, you know, I was 13, 12 years old. So I, I didn't know any better. Um, but then the disease came back again when I was 23 or 24. And I had to move home, but then maybe it's in my personality, but I didn't want to rely on steroids for the rest of my life because once again, they pump me up with steroids and sure you feel better, but then you get depressed, you can't sleep, um, your organs start to fail. And I, and, and I started to do research on my own and then I connected with a homeopath and I moved back to LA and... Um, And I connected with a therapist and I connected with an acupuncturist and over two, three years, and I changed my diet. Over like two, three, four years, I finally, now I've been off meds for over 15, 20 years. That's awesome. And I think my point though is that human nature, I wanted to pose this question to you Are we bad? Are we good? Or are we innately just lazy and it feels to me like the world is taking advantage of people's inability it's it's just so easy to just pop a pill it's so easy to just listen to what um your doctor's telling you but you know what type of person at what point do you get to that point where you're like no i'm not going to just take prednisone i'm going to look for something else and it, it just feels like the system is in a way taking advantage of of laziness
1: you know i would say that there's a couple things that go into this really a few things that go into this and first it's that we are we are born into a society that uh sort of stifles all all critical thought and stifles um or I guess uses very reductionist thinking and outsourcing to experts and outsourcing to specified experts in different areas. Right. So what I mean by that is like, think allopathic medical system, as an example, we have so many specialties within allopathic medicine and that's not to say that they're all bad, but you go to this, like, like you go to a rheumatologist, if you have an autoimmune condition, you go to see uh uh, cardiologists, like there's so many, you know what I mean? There's so many different areas and it's all broken up and that's not bad in and of itself, but we outsource to these specific areas and we're so reductionist in our thoughts. So when someone develops a heart issue, they don't think, in terms of a holistic model and think to get back to nature we've we've been taught to just use coping mechanism after coping mechanism after coping mechanism and blindly accept the directives of what other people say to do because we assume just because we're taught what to think rather than how to think from a young age we're just taught memorization Hmm. and taught what to think on things we just outsource to experts in various areas and that's not always bad like if my wheel or if uh, I get a door ding in my car, I'm not going to be like, no, I'm not going to trust this expert to use my car. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of nuance to that, right? Sure. But I wouldn't say it's necessarily laziness that starts. It's just we assume based on how we are raised and how we are taught in the school system that someone else always knows better by default about us, about ourselves, about anything to do with our health, especially our health, Right. We are taught to, rather than trust ourselves and our own intuition and really getting back to what's natural for a human being to do, we are taught to outsource any health and any critical thoughts surrounding health to people outside of ourselves, right? Yeah. So for you, for example, you didn't think twice at first when you were being pumped with steroids, or you might have, you were like, uh, I don't know if this sounds right, if I should be doing this forever.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely just, I just did it because I, I got the impression from my parents or my Doctor, I, again, I'm guessing here that it just felt like the right thing to do.
1: Yeah. And that's my point, right, is that we are taught to outsource critical thought and, and be so reductionist in our thinking. Um, and what I mean by that is like, rather than looking at things holistically and looking at our bodies as a complex mind, body, spirit system that requires multiple inputs and outputs and needs balance in so many different areas. We think one expression of a symptom is reduced to, oh, this is the sole cause of this one symptom right here. We just need this one pill, reducing it to the like lowest level, right, mm-hmm. to fix ourselves, and then we'll be good. And I don't think that's working out for us very well. I mean, when I look at Western culture right now, um, specifically the United States, amongst all OECD nations, and I forget exactly what that stands for, but it's basically industrialized countries, we rank – near near the bottom in nearly every health category, right? But we have the most heavily funded robust healthcare system by far when compared to these countries. So clearly something that we're doing isn't correct. And obviously a lot of personal choice goes into that. There's so much with big agricultural and uh, in our food systems, um, really access to actual healthy foods. I, I had this uh, thing come across my feed today, then I was like, dang, I had never even thought of it like this. I mean, I kind of had, but not to this level. If there's a section in the grocery store called health foods, then what's the rest of the grocery store? <laughs> yeah. When I saw that, I was like, damn, that's such a good point. And there's so many factors that go into this, but I, to answer your question, it's really just outsourcing and assuming that someone else knows better about us than ourselves.
0: the scary thing, I want to stick with this area a little bit and then I, I've got some other stuff I'm thinking, but you know, immune immune system is this strange sort of nebulous, mysterious area. Like, I don't think, and I could be completely naive here, but I don't know if one's immune system is completely similar to anybody else's immune system. And you know, I, I'm immune, immunocompromised. Uh, I'm even a germaphobe. And it's a a great convo, let me tell you. Um, And, you know, I wash my hands. I I started wearing masks on planes like six years ago because it's like if I'm going to go to Europe for two weeks on a vacation, the last thing I want to do is some guy sitting next to me coughing for the whole like fucking 10-hour flight. And then I'm going to get to Greece and I'm going to be sick the whole two weeks. So it's like I'm aware that I have a sensitive immune system. But, you know... You could go out tonight and party till 4 o'clock in the morning and drink. Um, I could be overweight and smoke. Um, And then we both get on a plane tomorrow. Or maybe, you know, maybe I don't smoke. Uh, I guess my point is, is that, you know, 10 people could do 10 different things uh, eight people got a vaccine or maybe got all the vaccines two of them didn't they all go on that plane tomorrow And who the fuck knows who's going to end up catching COVID or catching a cold or a flu or it, because immune systems are this strange Area where we we don't really fully Understand or or are they even comparable? well
1: uh, This is this can be a long nuanced conversation in and of itself right here, but I'll start by saying this like The foundation of virology is their cell culture experiments, right? And in their cell culture experiments, think like you're taking a cell culture, you're taking a monkey kidney cell typically, you're introducing a bunch of things to that monkey kidney cell. And these are viral isolation experiments. Uh, You're introducing uh, antibiotics, you're introducing fetal bovine serum, you're introducing uh, supposed infectious material from a sick individual You're putting all these things in a cell culture that is outside of a human system, just a cell by itself. Right. Mm -hmm. And putting all these things in there and the cell breaks down in fragments. And then based on this experimentation, which is isolated in a lab in a cell culture, not mimicking real life whatsoever, whatsoever. We take that basis and it formed an entire field of medicine around that. Mm. And so when it comes to the human immune system, we know fucking nothing sorry excuse my (laughs) language we know nothing about the human immune system what i do know though and i can even go with the covid data on this right yeah so if you take the covid data at face value and i don't trust the data at all yeah um i could go into the pcr tests i don't even think that's necessary but i don't trust the covid data at all but let's take it at face value so we know right now it was previously 2.8 2.8 per, uh, or 94% of COVID deaths had an average of 2.8 comorbidities. It has now jumped up to 3.8, meaning 94% of all deaths that had COVID-19 on the death certificate had an average of 3.8 additional comorbidities. The some of the most common were heart disease, uh, hypertension, obesity, diabetes morbid obesity, and then a lot of elderly people. But the the point is that even taking that data at face value, I know that people who are already nut- uh, nutritionally deficient, and we're already in a toxic state are going to have struggles with COVID, not the people who take care of their body and do well with their body. And honestly, what I would tell someone like you And this might be and this. This is what I my wife is really adopted, too, because my wife is uh, reversed to autoimmune conditions, rheumatoid arthritis and lupus. And it's so much of this. And this is why I'm so fascinated with the German new medicine and the the biology of belief um, is is trauma related and then also mindset. And I think. Having a mindset of I am weak, I am disempowered, I need to be fearful and cautious is setting ourselves up to be weak um, rather mm. than saying, I am strong, I am infinite, I am eternal, I am love expressing itself through this human vessel that I am uh, temporarily inhabiting. Uh, when, when we reframe and we really, really embody the, the creator that we are, the, the one aspect of, of the eternal creation that we are embodying for a brief moment in this finite experience as a human, and we understand how powerful we each and every one of us are to our core, we're setting ourselves up to be powerful. And then when you realize that you are the creator embodied in human form, and you know that your body is a holy temple of that creation of the the creator's creation, co-creating itself, why would you ever introduce things to your body that don't nourish it, that don't make it more, more whole and strengthen it? So that's sort of like the way that I look at nutrition. And then, When you look at it that way and you look at nutrition and lifestyle, when you look at life that way and you treat your mind, body, spirit complex that way, you're setting yourself up to be powerful and it doesn't matter what the immune system does. It doesn't matter what these viral cell culture experiments, what they found out with this or that, you know, that when you are powerful, you don't need pharmaceutical intervention and the whole what, what scientism is coming up with in their experimentation is completely irrelevant to you because when you are empowered and you know who you are to your core, you would never do something that goes against the holy cre- piece of creation that you are. Hopefully that answer made sense.
0: Well, and it's funny, it, of course, and it, I resonated with something in there that you said. I think I, because I've had an autoimmune disease and gone to therapy and worked so hard to be at this almost flow state where I feel good about myself. I'm a yoga teacher now and I'm- You look
1: healthy as shit.
0: Yeah, way, no, so. I, I, I've i been off meds for a long time and I, I feel great. But I think my attitude towards what's gone on this last year, it's sort of like, I'm not gonna, I mean, look, I'm not gonna be an asshole and, and not wear a mask at a grocery store. Of course, I'm gonna wear a mask, but I've worked my ass off to be strong and feel good and teach yoga and try to, and, and I'm a writer. And like, you mean to tell me I'm gonna- you know, wear a mask inside and, and and not share like this positive attitude. And, and I and it's like they it's like the world wants me to stay home, put on a mask, be scared to death, not be around people. And it's like, that is an unhealthy way to live. You know, I was listening to the Sam Harris show, and I want to bring up this word, intuition. Mm. And they were saying basically, science eliminates intuition. And and I was sort of like what what do you you know the, the my again my my sort of negative attitude towards tech and social media it's eliminating those voices in one's head where if something doesn't feel right or if something feels a little odd or I this this energy of this person I'm going to stay away from them that those voices are sort of dimming and going away.
1: Mhm. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, this goes to with what I was talking about earlier with with regards to our school system. We're told to blindly outsource and trust people outside of ourselves to as a default. Yeah. Like in every instance, we turn elsewhere for answers rather than turning inward. And with that, just like you said, with the technology piece, right, because we are have constant stimulus in front of us 24 seven. We don't have we don't so many people. Actually, let me back up. I think back to the very beginning of COVID, right? At the time when I was still in the army and we had like, I I was in a course for the army at the time for like six months. So I was basically at school for the army and uh, we had a like three week break when COVID first happened. Um, We went on a three week lockdown. I loved the lockdown. It was great because I am so, I've become so good over the last five years at just sitting and being, and not really having to do anything, Hmm. right? Just being rather than doing. Um, And then when you be, the doing naturally happens. You do what you're supposed to do when you're embodying who you are. Um, But I remember texting uh, in our group message for our class, like pretty much all my classmates were like, oh my God, I'm bored out of my mind. I don't know what to do with myself. I have so much free time. I'm like, I just don't see it that way. I I love the free time and and the ability to just be. And I think I look at that as that's me reconnecting and sitting because when you reconnect and sit with source and with yourself and with with nature and really just sit with your breath, you have that voice in your head. You have that feeling in your chest of what you should be doing. I always Mm -hmm. tell people uh, that that struggle with who they are, let's say Uh, that rather than focusing on doing, focus it on being. When you focus on being, the doing naturally happens. And when you're being and you're able to sit in silence and you're able to focus on your breath and reconnect with yourself, you the, the intuitive piece of you comes back. It's like a sixth sense that, that all of us have, just so many of us have been told to stuff down or to deny or haven't really discovered yet. And, you know, when it comes to everything going on with COVID, I said this on, on an Instagram live the other day. Um, someone had said this to me actually around a week ago with regards to the people that are, quote, asleep with what's
0: going on. Sorry, it's just my cat that walked It's down. all okay. good. It's
1: all good. With regards to the people who are, quote, asleep, uh, and I hate even using that term, but like don't see effectively what's going on right now in, in society. Um, and what I like to call the, the, Communist subversion of America via yeah. all modalities, um, pretty much like all areas of our life right now. Uh, how? First off, like the the best way to approach those people, and this is something that comes from a spiritual text that has profoundly changed my life, called the Law of One. The best thing you can do when interacting with those people who just can't see and you're just like, how the fuck can these people not see? And it's, it's good to process that anger sometimes, but the best thing that you can do for them is to make their sleeping more comfortable. And then someone said something to me uh, built on top of that, that would you be upset with a blind person for their lack of sight? Would you be upset with a deaf person for their inability to hear? No. So when it comes to these people, especially in our culture, right, with everything that I just described, who aren't, who aren't guided by their inner voice, you can't be mad at them. They've never been taught to reconnect with it. They haven't had an experience that has forced them to question the, the directives of these authority figures that we have in our society. I mean, for me, it was my childhood trauma, uh, like my, my, my dad was very narcissistically abusive when I was growing up and tried to manipulate and frame my reality to see things a certain way, which weren't actually true. And then what happened with my mom with regards to uh, her seeing multiple psychiatrists that um, her being in and out of mental hospitals for pretty much all of my adolescence, her having multiple suicide attempts on psych psychotropic medications, and then finding Dr. Kelly Brogan, who if you would have Googled her, especially now, actually, everything would say quack, pseudoscientific, spreading disinformation, intentionally harming people. That lady saved my mom's life. She saved my mom's life. So when you have these experiences that that shift your perception, you have grace for the people. And I do, I really am coming into a space of having grace for people who can't effectively see what's going on because they haven't learned to trust themselves. Now, when it comes to interactions with people, I will say that I'm a person who I, I do not wear a mask. But if someone asks me to, I put it on if, if they ask politely. Now, if they're asking me to just be obedient. That's a little bit different. I will have a conversation with them. But if they're asking me politely to wear a mask, I will wear one. But I make a point to have a conversation with them, and this is what I do. So I say, hey, man, so, like, what do you you think is going on? And and pretty much every one of them will cite either, like, a Fox News or CNN or, like, a Wall Street Journal or, or a New York Times article about what they think is going on, what they've heard in the media, what some talking head on one of those black boxes have told them with regards to what's going on. And then I say this. No, no, no. I'm not asking what you have heard from from other people. I'm asking you for your own observations, for what you have seen and what your lived experience has showed you with regards to what's going on this last year or what the people around you have actually experienced. I'm asking you to trust yourself. What do you think is happening? And literally every single one of those instances, every single one, putting the trust back in themselves and like making them question, like, what have you actually experienced? Not what you've been told by someone else who doesn't know shit about you or your life, not some person in a, in a, in a suit and a tie on the little black box that you have. I'm asking you to trust yourself in your own judgment. What have you experienced this last year, man? And every single one of them says, you know, when you, when you frame it that way, it's, It really hasn't been that bad. I mean, like there's there's people getting sick, but it's not as bad as they're making it out to be. I say, then why don't you base your reality off of your own experience rather than some person on a black box who doesn't give a shit about you really trying to empower them instead of disempower them by saying, oh, you fucking sheep. How can you not see what's going on? That's never going to help anyone. Hmm. What we need to do is empower individuals to reconnect with that voice that all of us have inside ourselves.
0: I actually think sometimes this what's going on right now is worse than a world war, and and only because this is very pernicious and psychological, and you don't really see anything. You know, it. It's, yeah,
1: say that again. I couldn't say what you said. What you said before. This is worse than what?
0: I almost feel like this is worse than a world war in the sense. Oh. That, in in the sense that obviously they're te- they're both they're all terrible but you know in a world war you see the uzis you know you see the gunshots and and this is this strange sort of like psychological pernicious event where uh it's 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 sort of like underlying beneath the surface and I, what what's giving you uh, I'm watching The Handmaid's Tale for the first time.
1: Oh my god! No, and probably not something good to
0: watch. Right no, now. well, but, so I guess I like to torture myself.
1: <laughs> I think season three is out, and I asked my wife like like uh, two months ago. I was like, "Should we watch?" And she was like, "No, we're living it. Why? We're living the beginning of but, it. Why but are we doing but
0: it? having two kids, and you know, I don't want to. I, I I've never thought of myself as a shit starter. I, I listen. I I you know, people that take my yoga classes know that I, I love and I care and, and I want the world to be a happy place. And, but, but it feels like this, I'm nervous and I'm scared about what's going on and what this is all going to look like. And, and I don't have kids. I just have a couple cats right now, but it's like, are you? Those are
1: kids too. No, he, no they,
0: they are. I, I swear to God, I love those things more than anybody, but it's like, do you, do you think about like bringing kids into this world. And, and like, what's giving you hope, and, and that this is going to get better? Because sometimes I go to that place where, gosh, is, is it going to get better? What, what's what's next?
1: I have hope that I'm a part of the generation that will change the world. And that my kids will be the first <clears throat> generation to inhabit that world. That's what I have hope for. And That's why I am so big on empowering people to reconnect with that voice inside themselves and to think critically and to stop blindly trusting the directives of other people. Because I truly think, Eddie, and I could be completely wrong on this, but I have to for for my own mission and what I have set forth to do. I truly think at at the core of each of our beings, we know something is not right with what's going on. And I'm not even saying that the world we lived in before was great. I don't think it was Mm. that great. Yeah. But this is, this is like what, how we had set up our world. This is like it coming to a, a, uh, I guess climax point, you know, um, all the, all the worst things about our world, the, the food disparity, the, the, uh, the wage gap, the the billionaires who have just accumulated tons of wealth, the 1% owning 99% of the world's money. It's, I think it's really like the 0.1%, but it's just absurd how our world has been set up. And this is all coming to a head right now and it's imploding. And what they, I hate using the term they, but what they are trying to do is is really impose their will upon the rest of us. And because we're at this point where something is changing, we just don't know what it's going to turn into right we're at like a precipice we're at a transition point um and it's very 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 tense but that's where i'm really trying to get people to reconnect with their own inner voice because i know at the core each of us knows that something is not right about this that we are not being told the whole truth and not, there's a lot of nuance to that and everyone has their own perspective on what's actually happening but regardless i think we can all agree that something is not right here and I always say this too: If don't blindly accept what I say, don't blindly accept what anyone says. Trust yourself first, and then discern when taking on all of the information from all sides of the spectrum. Discern which one fits best with your life. And if you come to a different conclusion than me, that's fine. At least you have made your thoughts your own and come to the solution or uh, come come to determine what's best on your own accord, rather than blindly accepting the directives of another person. I think getting people to reconnect with their own intuition, uh, I think at the core, we all know that something is wrong here and that the best way forward is to not impose our will upon another and to allow uh, people to have their perceptions, thoughts, and feelings that are unique to them as long as they are not imposing upon another person. I think each of us knows that at our core. It's just a matter of getting back to our core. Were
0: um, what were the intentions? I, again, I feel like I go online and read something new about you. I had no idea you were in the army. Are, are, why did you do that? Are you still? Are you going to go back or or?
1: What? No, no way, not
0: a shot in the world. What, um, I don't know what you can say, but was that just? How long were you in? And was was that becoming a nightmare or was it a good experience or? or oh.
1: It was for the most part, a really good experience. So I, I was recruited to play basketball at West Point and then I got cut from the basketball team and I almost, almost left school, but I decided not to. And then I stayed, graduated in 2016, commissioned as a second lieutenant in 2016, um, and then served for five years. And most of that time was spent playing a sport um, in the US Army's world-class athlete program. And there was a period of time I thought I was gonna stay and maybe go back to school to be a, a physical therapist in the Army. Um, but it was really this last year and a half to year, uh, at the very beginning of COVID, I, my wife and I, in February, even when we thought COVID was going to be worse, I finally thought they had come up with a an actual, uh, biological, uh, uh essentially a bioweapon. Um, that's what I had thought at the time. My opinion has since changed. Uh, but even so, at the time when I thought millions and millions and millions of people were gonna die all over the world, my wife and I looked at each other in February of 2020 and we said, this will no doubt be used to implement mandatory vaccinations for all people. At the very beginning, we knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that this was what's gonna happen. We saw it slowly coming in, like creeping up. In 2019, 2018, the narrative all over the country was already uh, positioned to be, uh, dehumanizing of people who are skeptical of, of the vaccine schedule in the United States. So we saw this sort of coming. And then when this hit, uh, we, we both knew that this was going to be used to implement mandatory vaccinations. And I, I don't think we realized the degree to which, um, our, our, our own government would be, uh, succumbing to tyranny, I guess, is the best way that I can describe it, um, depending on where you live. And being a piece of that government and knowing that I took an oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States, uh, and, and I, wanna, I wanna be clear on this. I've, I loved my experience in the Army. My experience in the Army was great, even till my last day serving, which was last week. <laughs> I loved my experience in the Army. But the direction I see the Army going, is something that i i don't agree with i don't agree with the direction that it's going and i actually don't agree with killing people either um that was something that i'm very fortunate that i was able to play a sport for for uh, most of my career yeah. and i never had to deploy or be in any combat or anything like that but um and i you know i set myself up to be in the best position with the way i perceive the world while serving uh my uh, required five years in the army uh, but I, I do not plan on going back and I just think the the direction that the Department of Defense is going with regards to a lot of things uh, I don't necessarily agree with so it was it was good for me to get out when I did
0: yeah you know what's uh, are you okay with time do you have a little bit more yeah absolutely um you know what's troubling to me I, I don't like these these declarations throwing people into a uh, like this neat little box uh, the idea that you question taking a vaccine oh you're an anti-vax person oh if if you uh, even blanketing all cops as just terrible people based on one instance uh, i I never thought of myself as an anti-vax person i I got the chicken pox vaccine i I, I got the polio i I, I, I never <laughs> really... I, I still don't even think I'm that person. I am i haven't gotten the vaccine yet. I'm not saying I'm not going to. Uh, but it's certainly, it, it, I get worried that we're going to get to a place where if I want to go to Europe, which it seems like we're getting there, uh, I'm going to have to get a vaccine. And um, I just, I, I feel like this is such a troublesome world to live in where if you question something, uh, oh, you're just this. Oh, if, if you question, oh, you're a white supremacist. I, I've always thought of myself as a liberal Democrat. Same. Um, Same. But, I, but I, I, this, 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 I just, I think back to my point, sort of when I'm so negative about technology, I'm also troubled by this sort of world where we're not going to listen. We're just going to say you're this shut up. I I, I don't know. I I just I'm I I I don't know. I don't even have a question. But I I just I'm I mean, I can comment on it. i mean sure
1: it's it's absurd. Uh, But it's something that I've I've seen over the past five years. Like I I started questioning vaccines five years ago when uh, my mom experienced what she did. And then subsequently my wife. Once my mom um, completely healed, right? From being in this state of psychosis that had her hallucinating and, and had her multiple suicide attempts. But and wait, how doctor- does
0: how does that connect with to why did that experience make you I'll think- explain? Okay. I'll sorry. explain. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Right. So I see this doctor, right, that that saved my mom's life, Dr. Kelly Brogan, who is painted, and when I say she saved my mom's life, my mom, I had already chalked up uh, or or determined that I would never have a relationship with my mom or never be able to get close to her because she had already had multiple suicide attempts. Uh, She was in and out of uh, mental hospitals. She was constantly just in a state of psychosis hallucinating. And I just knew I couldn't be close to her. My siblings and I had already said like, Hey, we cannot get close to mom because she's going to be like this forever. And then she finds Dr. Kelly Brogan and within a four month period of Kelly. Who the? I mean, I urge the listeners to Google Kelly Brogan right now, and you will find pseudoscientific. Like I said earlier in the podcast, studio pseudoscientific quack spreading harmful disinformation, anti-vaxxer. She was named one of the disinformation dozen of people who are spreading intentionally har- uh, spreading disinformation with the intent to harm people with regards to to vaccines. And I saw this at the time, right when this this lady saved my mom's life. And I see the way that she's portrayed, and I see how she put the power back into my mom. She said, Ali, you are not sick. You are not that. You are not bipolar. You have trauma that you have experienced that you need to heal, and you need to get off of these medications. They do not make you better. Here's some data you probably have never seen before with regards to benzodiazepines and SSRIs that is real. It's peer reviewed. It's suppressed like a motherfucker, but it is real. And within four months, my mom completely healed. And so the, the, and and a lot of that was changing up her diet and working on her trauma and getting off of these medications. It was was so unbelievably simple. And seeing that, I was like, whoa, what these past 13 years, she's seen multiple psychiatrists and, and they told her that she was going to be like this forever or here, try this new drug. Like it was, it was mind blowing to me. And then we tried the same thing with my wife tapering off her, uh, uh, drugs that she was on for her autoimmune conditions, lupus and rheumatoid arthritis. And within a three month period, my wife was off all of her medications doing this this protocol of this quote unquote quack that was spreading misinformation. Now they say disinformation, like I said, but, and, and, and at the time she was labeled anti-vax, anti-vax, anti-vax. And I'm like, what is it about this? Like, I, think, I feel like her message is pretty simple. Just reconnect with yourself and eat really healthy food and you'll be healthy. I don't know about vaccines, but they keep labeling her as an anti-vaxxer so as we were about to have our first kid, my wife and I were in and she was healing for the first time with this person's protocol, not giving money to what I call the machine. And when, when this happened, we started looking into vaccines ourselves, and we asked uh, Kelly and people close to her like what resources she had. And sure enough, there are thousands of peer reviewed studies indicating that vaccines are neither efficacious or safe, either individual vaccines or the, uh, this, the entire schedule itself and when i looked into it i was shocked i was absolutely shocked at what i found and i've not looked back in five years Mm -hmm. (laughs) i've just continued to 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 explore and then you realize how much of a hand the the pharmaceutical industry has in the allopathic medical system and it, it really started with me when someone pointed out that uh in 1983 prior to the national vaccine uh in uh national childhood vaccine injury act of 1986 in the 1980s children between zero and 12 month months of age only received five doses of two vaccines and that was DTP and polio I think it was three rounds of the polio vaccine and two rounds of DTP now children receive 25 plus between zero and 12 months of age and when I saw that and then I started really diving into it because I, I want to do what's best for my child sure. right like who yeah. doesn't I want to do what's best for my child. And I see these two people heal via natural means. It was all so much at once healing my own trauma that I experienced just so many things happening at once. So I was like, well, my whole life I've been outsourcing and, and not questioning anything up until this point. And now I'm like questioning and my mom, and my wife questioning has led them to heal. So I'm just going to keep on questioning and see what works. And I'm going to choose what is best for, for my family. And as I explored um, the the topic of vaccines, I was absolutely shocked at what I found. Shocked at how they continue to spout out safe and effective. Yet there are thousands and thousands of peer reviewed studies showing that uh, neither they're neither safe or effective. Um, and then, really, like the more I began to explore, the more I began to connect with people who have vaccine injured children that the industry outright denies exist or says are extremely rare. And then I found the study by Harvard Pilgrim Health uh, that showed that VAERS is severely underreported and uh, they estimate around less than 1% of all vaccine adverse events are actually reported to the system. So when they say it's safe and effective and vaccine injury is rare, they're basing that off complete bullshit in my opinion because I've explored this topic heavily for the past five years and I continue to explore And what I have found is that they're egregiously lying. Hmm. I will say, Eddie, it put me in a severe state of cognitive dissonance. But then I see so many families with either like all of their kids are completely unvaccinated and they are so unbelievably healthy and vibrant, never get ear infections, never get a freaking sniffle. Or I see families that have and I know many of them now because of what I the nature of what I speak about. I've connected with so many families that have one child that's vaccinated, he was injured, so they decided to stop, he's constantly sick. They didn't vaccinate their other kids, they never get sick. The amount of cases like that I've seen is insane in in and of itself. And I guess like once I have framed it this way and know that as long as you're providing the body that nourishment that I talked about before and empowering the person to be healthy and to know how powerful they are, and to take, this, take steps to nurture their mind, their body, and their spirit as the total being that we are, rather than look at things in a reductionist manner and just throw pills and surgeries and shots at things. I know, and I've seen with my own two eyes, that you can be healthy and thrive that way. And my whole world has been yeah. just flipped upside down in the past year. And then what one thing that I urge other people to do is – Receive everything that comes to you with an open heart, no matter how outlandish it may seem, no matter what your preconceived notions are about that topic. Explore it for yourself. Rather than blindly trust, like I've been saying the whole time on this podcast, rather than blindly trust what you have come to accept about something based on the directives of someone else, Explore for yourself. So if an alternative news source comes across your screen, don't just dismiss it for being alternative. If a mainstream news source comes across your your screen, don't just dismiss it for being mainstream. Explore all options, use your own discernment, reconnect with your intuition, and learn to trust your own judgment.
0: I get frustrated when somebody like you it it doesn't feel like there's people like you and just like that way of thinking isn't celebrated it's thought of as the enemy it's thought of as being dangerous. And
1: Eddie, I've been deleted from Instagram 3 times
0: now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and like what I'm saying here is I mean you know you you follow me. I'm I'm assuming that's how you found me. Yeah. You know that that's, that this is what I say.
0: Yeah. And I I guess, you know, I got a little backlash about eight, nine months ago, because my podcast started out as sort of a um, examination of the effects of social media and tech on our society. And, you know, I I release music, I I teach yoga, I'm I'm writing a book, I'm almost done, and I'm going to release it. And even as a podcaster, it's sort of like, what does it take to get anybody to care about what you're doing? And like that, to me, what's going on now would never have happened if it weren't for the phone and technology and social media. It it allowed this world that we're navigating right now to exist. And as I've said, millions of people right now don't give a fuck about anything other than their Instagram and how to accrue more followers. Millions of people right now don't care about anything other than I'm going to binge watch Breaking Bad for the next seven days straight. So, and then you couple the addictiveness to technology with, oh my God, now we have a pandemic. We're going to stick people at home and get them to be more addicted to their technology. Oh so they are so kids now are associating their iPads and their laptops with Netflix, Instagram, and oh, I'm supposed to pay attention because my teacher is teaching me something yes. through here. So I, I think to myself, you know, I am navigating this riddled, bizarre world because it's like. How do I get anybody to care about a song that I spent a year on? It's like, what does it take to get somebody to just devote 30 minutes to an album that I spent three years on? What does it take to get somebody to watch one episode of a show and not feel the urge to, oh, I've got to watch the next one right now instead of go to sleep and think about that episode and go to the water cooler and talk about it for a week? I mean, it's like it has uprooted this world that we live in so that is why i sort of transitioned a bit to talk about like covid and this crazy freaking world that we live in because it only could have happened if it weren't if it weren't for technology and the insane distracted attitude and behavior if it weren't for that this this wouldn't happen
1: yeah it's That's what's so tough. And it goes, I'll, I'll say what I said earlier, the, I I hate that the people that I've connected with, with what's going on, I've connected with some amazing, amazing, amazing people. I've met, I think two of this, let's say 50 people that I've met and I've sort of become friends with. I've met two of them in person. The rest are just virtual friends that I have. And I think this, What's happening is intentional. I think they want us to be disconnected from our from each other and ourselves. Um I think they want us to be addicted to these black boxes in front of us so that we don't we don't question things. We just blindly accept what our black box is telling us to do in so many ways.
0: Um, well, how can you possibly? <laughs> I'm just playing a little, I want to play a little devil's advocate. because. Please do. Um, how can you possibly be hopeful? And then I, I say to myself, because this isn't going anywhere. Uh, the and and, it, and I guess I read an article. It's like 1.5 million people die every year through car crashes. And then Elon Musk is creating cars, and I you know I like Elon Musk. I, I mean I don't know the guy, but maybe he's actually the devil. But he's making <laughs> he's making cars where people can just like sit in the back seat and not even drive. You know minivans are being created where there's like fucking television screens everywhere. And it's like this is all about attention. This is about what are we. Uh, whether it's the media, the news media, or like, what do we have to do to get people's attention? And I, it, and I even think, you know, I see your 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 quotes on Instagram, but it's sort of like, like it's just like a part of the. It's a part of the. It no- is. It's a part of the. It's, it's a, a part of the a, fucking yeah. the, the system, it's, right? It's, it's part of the I noise. Like so, I hate it. So what? What's what's the answer? I mean, you you say you've got hope and but is that really it's that world that utopian world are we just in the midst of just chaos and and like we're silly to think that it's going to be utopia i don't think
1: it'll i i I am very against like a like the idea of a utopia i think there is always going to be polarity in the world right i think there's always going to be light and dark elements it's just a matter of uh transmuting dark experiences into positive i think of like my childhood and all the darkness that I experienced—I mean, I dealt with a lot of abuse. I was almost taken by CPS when I was in eighth grade because of the abuse that I dealt with, right? And that has made me the person that I am today now, though, because I've transmuted that through healing my childhood trauma into being in the person that I am now and perceiving the world the way that I do. Which I think uh, I, I've come to accept that I am, am in a space where I'm helping other people navigate their own trauma and navigate the trauma that we're all experienced to reconnect with themselves and. So when I say that I have hope, like I think the, that, I mean, like, look, we're, we're talking and everything behind you and everything behind me, human beings create this, created this. We created all of these things, right? We have a unique ability uh, relative to other beings that inhabit this planet where we can consciously create our own environment, right? So with that, I think where the collective, like when, when multiple people are aligning their thoughts and feelings and taking deliberate action towards something It can be accomplished. And I think what the collective, and that can be for positive or for negative. I think what is happening right now is for the most part, the collective is manifesting or bringing into being some very, very dark shit, uh, some very bad things. But within that darkness, there is still a chance for good because I think um, I like to say we're in the collective dark night of the soul right now. And dark things are going to keep happening until we heal them. But even if humanity goes that way, my message is to get people to, to, to reconnect with themselves and to remember to not impose their will onto that of another so long as they choose not to do the same or choose to do the same, to live, really just live and let live, right? And even if the world goes to shit, I think individually, we can still align our individual or as a community, thoughts and feelings and take deliberate action to create something positive for ourselves and our families and our friends, whoever is willing to receive the messages that I put out or someone like you puts out. I think if society goes to shit, if society collectively brings that into being, brings more darkness, more addictive, addiction to technology, less community, less human interaction, Uh, more separation from nature, which we are ironically a part of, whether we realize it or not, that that's them. That's them. And that's okay. That is their choice. And I don't want to infringe upon their choice. Now, I will put my message out. I will take steps for myself and my own family to show people how I live. And if people want to come back to this side, if people realize the darkness is not for them and people will be harmed by it, people will continue to be fucking harmed by it. And the more people are harmed by it, the more they will be turning for answers. And that's where I want to be one of the people that is welcoming them with open arms, saying we've been waiting for you rather than segregating ourselves or or dehumanizing other people, calling them fucking cheap. I don't want to be that person. But to answer your question, the reason I have hope is because I know that I am aligning my thoughts and feelings and taking deliberate action and. Uh, really helping others around me within my circle to do the same and my family to do the same.
0: Wow. Um, I, I'm thinking one other thing but um, I, I well and then I'll let you go. What's like five years from now, what are you hoping for individually, culturally um, I, I I am so it's interesting. I don't know where I got it from, but I, I'm probably my dad because he worked in sales, and sales is this interesting area where if you don't work, you make no money, and when you have two kids, it's like that's that's your focus, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm very disciplined, and I'm I'm very focused on like the now. I don't mm-hmm. think too far. Um, if somebody asked me that question, I wouldn't even know how to answer it. But I, I'm just sort of thinking. Uh, like where where do you want to go next? Like what do, what are you thinking? I know I, I keep forgetting the name of the, um, I don't even know if it's a nonprofit. Health Freedom for Humanity. Health Freedom for Humanity. I know you're a part of that, uh, but the, you know like you've got these strong, powerful ideas. Um, where where do you want to go? So.
1: I would answer the same as you. I don't know what I will be doing five years from now, but I know that as long as I am being and expressing myself authentically and really not giving a shit what other people think of me, as long as I'm doing so from a position of love and understanding for where people are or why people are the way that they are and that uh, I'm operating with integrity and that um, I am preaching a message of not infringing upon another being to live and do as they choose so long as they abide by the same and really helping people to trust themselves, even if in the process of trusting themselves, they, are, they come to a position that is diametrically opposed to mine. I know that as long as I'm on this path in doing those things, then I can't be wrong. Maybe my, my perceptions on things could be wrong, but preaching that as my core message can never be wrong. What is wrong is imposing your will upon to another human human being or another organization. What is wrong is denying people of their own reality. What is wrong is making people outsource and and blindly accept what others tell them to do. Those are the things that are wrong. And so when, when I look at five years from now, ideally, what I would want if I had to answer it, I guess, is a society that comes to understand that or at least small communities of people pockets of people who adopt those ideals and come to understand that um despite the rest of society possibly going to shit um (laughs) which i hope doesn't happen (laughs) right right? but i mean i i kind of agree with you on that it looks like i mean this shit is not going away and unless you've been shaken to the core like me or someone like you with with healing your autoimmune condition you're not gonna you're not gonna question what's going on. And if you haven't adopted, I guess, yogic principles and are teaching yoga like you and have reconnected with self and and, then learned just be, you're gonna struggle to understand what's going on. But that is why I'm making a conscious effort to really get people to connect with their intuition and reconnect with nature. I mean, obviously I'm using a shit ton of technology sitting here right now, but right outside here is 60 acres of land. And I know over the next five years, I'm going to use that land in a beneficial way I'm going to live off of that land and I'm going to uh, reconnect with the nature that exists around me and balance it out with using this technology in a way that is positive, that is helping people reconnect with their own internal nature and the nature outside of themselves.
0: Yeah. What's the goal for health freedom? Um... Health, health, freedom, free health free freedom, for humanity. Yeah, what's it's, the, a, it's a long it's one. It's weird. I, I have a hard time remembering it. I've read it over. it. it what's the goal? Oh, what's the goal? It's
1: funny because people within our own organization still like like when they try to say they're like, damn, that's that's really tough to say. You can come up with something better. Yeah. Um, well, it has all <laughs> these.
0: It has these very powerful, important words in a health, freedom, humanity. All let's just throw them all together. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the goal of that is, and that was something that um, I, I'm the exec, executive director and co-founder of Health Freedom for Humanity. And, you know, I look at these other health freedom organizations that exist that are phenomenal organizations, but I think they are very uh, top down. And I wanted to create a really like community approach and show that we, that there isn't just like, we think of children's health defense, you think of Robert F. Kennedy Jr., you think of one dude. We think of Informed Consent Action Network, you think of one dude, Del Tree. I don't want to be thought of as one dude when it comes to health, freedom for humanity. I want it to be thought of as an organization of so many people from all walks of life. If you go to the about page on healthfreedomforhumanity.org, you will see that we have people from all walks of life, all backgrounds, doctors, lawyers, veterans, um, people, actors, actresses, uh, models. We have people from all walks of life spanning the political spectrum, showing that this is not a right-leaning issue. This is not... Uh, an issue that only Trumpers care about. This is an issue that applies to every single human being and is a right for every single human being by virtue of existing, by virtue of existing, you have the right to choose what is best for your health without coercion or force. And we are not requesting that the government grant us that we're not requesting that someone grant us that we are telling people to recognize that that is inherent to your being, to you existing on this planet. You have the right To choose what is best for your health um and so we are really trying to show uh create a movement around this really and we are creating a movement around this uh showing that it has nothing to do with politics has nothing to do with race it has to do with human rights and every single human has this inalienable right
0: wow you know last thing i was thinking i'll let you go i have noticed uh even some of my friends i i sent emails and uh to people that that don't even go read they, they don't they don't even get returned. Like I I'm sort of there's something about manners that I feel like has been ripped apart because of again technology. People don't you know people don't know whether to text or send DMs or send an Instagram message or send an email. Like people have lost context and nuance. There is a difference between a phone call, a text, a DM, an email, a letter, and you. Have given me hope that there are caring people because you have been, you know, this this podcast talk that we've had planned uh, for I think over a month has been Probably like three months, and I'm so sorry. No, but the, the <laughs> thing is, it's like, but I I know that people have more important things to do than talk to me, and and it's like, but I I I've got like five six things going on. I, I'm I'm working on these different projects. The the act of writing a book. Is one of the most challenging things ever, and Can't even I, but I respond to everybody that sends me texts and messages like it, the I, I just don't understand like but then I think people are so self-involved and and technology and people's priorities are all out of whack so I just I really appreciated. And you know, I was never making you feel guilty or bad for like, oh, I can't do it this week. I
1: did though. I felt so bad. No, but especially
0: but, 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 the last time I had to reschedule. Yeah, but it's sort of like you know, whatever. It's like you know, yeah, we'll make it happen. But uh, I guess I really appreciated your—you um, were just thoughtful, and you were you were like caring. And and you you did it in a way, and then you gave me your cell phone. You're like, hey, this is the we should probably do it this way. And I don't know. It's just like to me, that sort of behavior I, I just think is often overlooked. And and B, I don't see it much anymore. And I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know like who taught you that or something that you've just always had. But I, I just I picked up on it. Well,
1: and I think it, for me, because uh, I get a lot of people reaching out to me and that's not to say I'm some important dude, but I get a lot of people asking me to go like speak at things or, or be on their podcast. Uh, I, I think it's the energy behind like the way people approach me because like I'll get people on my Instagram that like I see that they're not even following me so they don't actually like really care what I have to say. And they'll be like, wow, I love your message. Have you tried this product? I'm like, okay, I'm not replying to you. Because hmm. <laughs> like, clearly the intention behind this is to get me to try a product rather than like you actually appreciate me and you want me to try a product. You're just looking for anyone, any influencer to promote your product. Right. Um, And for me, it's like when I I match the energy that is, that is given to me and you gave me such a positive feeling when you approached me um, that I wanted to match that feeling back. So when people approach me and the intention behind it is clear that they actually, uh, want to have a discussion with me. They're not trying to sell me something. They're not trying to boost their own following. Um, there's a lot of people and that's, and, I mean, obviously on all social media, but really uh, it's been surprising in in the space that is speaking in, in ways that I do. There's a lot of people that are just in it to try to boost their own following and that really bothers me. But I, I guess I just might have learned that in the military. I, I don't.
0: I don't <laughs> well, you know, what you, I don't know. You know, I, I'm sorry. I keep saying last point, but I'm a words. I'm a words guy, and I'm a feeling guy. And what technology and social media has done is it's it's dwindled words down to like emojis, thoughtless, yeah. thoughtless, emotionless, yep. whatever. I mean, I've had some kind of remarkable guests on my show that. And people will ask me, like like lead singers of, of cool bands, and people, well, how'd you do that? And I'm like, you know, I just, I didn't kiss ass. But, you know, I, I think about the words I'm writing, whether it's a ta- mm. whether it's, it's not like I'm saying to you, hey, I'm going to be 10 minutes late for dinner or something. It's like, I'm really putting meaning and th- I'm thinking about the words and I and I use an exclamation point, like, or, or I, I don't know, I, I just think, well, like, this is what I have,
1: like, come to learn. Your 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 word is your wand. Like, words have meaning and words are magical. Like, so the, the intention uh, that you are, like, putting forth in the way that you speak is crystal clear by your word choice. At least it is to me and in the energy that it carries in the way that you say things. And, like, I take, like, you as an example. The way you approached me was... You were approaching me genuinely wanting to have a conversation with me. And I know that, I don't remember exactly what you said, yeah, but yeah. the way that you had formed, again, you came across, you weren't kissing ass. You weren't like begging me to come on your show. You weren't doing it because you wanted to boost yourself. You're you're genuinely wanting to have a conversation with me out of interest. Um, and I really appreciated that. And I think, uh, I guess, yeah, just the words, words have meaning and your word is your wand. Um, You can create magic or you can create very harmful things with the words that you say and the way, the energy in which you approach people that comes through your word choice.
0: Really quickly, where can people find you? I'll I'll put an intro on the show, but just, you know, where, where would you like people to go?
1: I laughed because uh, I'm going to say for now where people can find me is uh, my, my fourth Instagram account um, is now not Alex I have yeah. a clever little uh, uh, beard uh, that I Photoshopped on with some sunglasses. Um, it's at not alexec. I don't know if that'll last. You can also find me um, on my telegram channel. Um, I've been using that a lot lately and it's not my favorite, but I've like really formed a community around it. And it's cool because um, it's not just me speaking. Like there's a chat associated with it that people like are chatting about uh, the concepts for, for my organization, the way forward, which is, um, we're really trying to create a sense of community around the pretty much similar ideas to health freedom for humanity, but expanding into um, really looking at other, not as other, but as uh, as the creator, as an aspect of you and treating all things with love and compassion. Um, creating a sense of community around that and, and self-sovereignty. Um, but on my Telegram channel, and that's at the way forward, and that's FWRD. So type, type in T.ME backslash the way forward and forward is spelled f-w-r-d
0: cool Alec you know I I learn a lot every time I talk to somebody and and I I really appreciate you taking the time this means a lot this will go live probably in about a week or so but it means a lot it's great talking it was great meeting you and and I really 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 appreciate it
1: thank you for having me on Eddie I really enjoyed this conversation too
0: cool man well I'll see you on social I appreciate it we'll talk soon thanks again man awesome later dude yep bye